We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Uh, big thanks to everyone who checked out last week's episode talking the incredible documentary Senna uh, by Asif Kapadia with guest J.J. Cooper. And a huge thanks to everyone who joined the chat in the Locker Room app on Thursday talking about their favorite sports documentaries. At the time I'm actually recording this, uh, that Locker Room meetup hasn't happened yet, so fingers crossed that that goes smoothly and I don't look like an idiot saying this. But hoping to get more listeners chiming in on sports movie discussions on the Locker Room app in the future. Uh, download the Locker Room app, add me i'll follow back or whatever it is and and we'll talk and i have a weekly thing for big screen sports um also if you like this show you know fucking prove it subscribe wherever you get your podcast uh leave a review you guys know the drill uh you know make make those five star reviews rain so today's episode uh we've got some returning guests these guys joined me last year to talk the sixth man which is a terrible movie but turned into one of my favorite episodes had to have him back on the guest is the host of the Airbuds podcast, Jamel Johnson, Mike Benner, and Peter Moses. Guys, thank you so much for returning to Big Street Sports. Yo, I love that animosity you have towards your listeners. That's our vibe. Let's go. <laughs> Fucking prove it, listeners. I might just steal that for our that listeners, if that's okay. Yeah. It, that's actually a first. I, I, I decided it's the first time, so we'll see. You know, if, maybe if I get like if I get some, you know, like 10 five-star reviews off this, it'll, it'll be the right move. My last review actually uh, came off the Moneyball episode from two weeks ago. It was actually a two-star review because someone was mad that I got upset that Chris Pratt was a Republican. So we've got to reverse that. <laughs> we've got to reverse those vibes. Uh, Mike, tell the folks where to find airbuds what you guys have been up to oh uh just go to at airbuds on all social media uh we are oh wow Th- basically at this yeah. point in in the pandemic just alerting yeah. our followers to whatever elizabeth cambage posts to instagram um <laughs> yeah what have we and- been up to jerking off to uh pics of uh wmba centers in their draws that's what we do <laughs> Well, guys, uh, we're here to talk about an iconic film. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, by the way. We have a podcast. Everywhere. Yeah. We put out, everywhere we put you out episodes every oh, week. Oh, yeah. We're funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you guys, you guys have a Patreon as well. Everyone go check that out. But uh, you've joined me to talk about a legendary film, uh, one that has, has endured over 20-plus years. Uh, we're talking about Space Jam, the 1996 basketball comedy. In a desperate attempt to win a basketball match and earn their freedom, the Looney Tunes seek the aid of retired basketball champion Michael Jordan. Starred Michael Jordan, Wayne Knight, Charles Barkley, Danny DeVito, and Bugs Bunny. Got a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, grossed $230 million, and guys... This movie asked a question that no other movie before it dared to ask. Would you fuck a cartoon bunny? <laughs> well, if you could tell how we feel about Liz Cambage, yeah, the answer is you know probably going to be at. yes. Come on, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool that they removed the midriff. That's fine. That just makes the bunny more alluring. <laughs> it's, it's been the hottest topic in pop culture uh, on Fox News lately, is, is the, the de-hotness <laughs> of Lola Bunny. <laughs> Um, but this movie is, is far more than than Lola Bunny. It is. Uh, it's. I mean, it's. It really has. It's endured twenty years. We reference it all the time. We're getting a sequel this summer. Mike, I will kick it to you. Is this a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer sports movie? Ooh. Um. I do hope we circle back to uh, the Fox News discourse on Lola Bunny because I I'm not caught up on that and I yeah, want to know that'll everything. Be, that'll be here but, in about two minutes. Yeah. Got it. Um. I I think it's an All Star. Um, because it is a very fun movie, it's not a good movie. I feel like if you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, like you, you need to like be both enjoyable and well crafted, and uh, this is not the latter. Peter, Hall O Fame movie for. Ever there are just some Hall of Fame performances in this movie. First of all, Bill Murray didn't even know what movie he was in and just elevates the source material beyond anything. Like he's just doing whatever he wants at all times. And that's delightful. And also we'll get into it, but shout out to uh, the five NBA players and their little montage for losing all their powers. Some sneaky, fantastic performances in this movie. Um, also, I, I think the worst performance in that and in, in those five, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Who? Patrick Ewing can't act for shit. <laughs> He hates Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan made him be in that movie. It's incredible. Jamel, what about you? Well, as much as I hate agreeing with either of these fools, I must. Hall of Fame. Yes, And thank it's for you. the reasons Peter said. It's not, it, it isn't a good movie, but it's who cares? This is a sports movie where we get to see actual Hall of Famers just attempt to be light and fun. And in, in an era where players are literally like, we don't talk to each other. I hate whoever I'm playing. I want them dead. Here comes this movie where, you know, six or seven of the greatest basketball players ever are just being silly. Larry Bird is hilarious in this movie. Larry Bird crushes. Larry Bird is not only... So this same year, he's in Celtic Pride, which is probably one of the worst movies ever made. Not sports movies, like worst movies. It is just a horrible piece of film. Uh, I think two years before this, he is in Blue Chips. Like, Larry Bird has a nice little run of of cameos in basketball movies. Uh, for me, this one is not a... I, I'm trying to think of a, a comparison, because for me, it's a Hall of Famer. Because I mean, we still talk about it 20 years later. It is iconic for what it is. Like, it was a topic in The Last Dance, which is important. It's a very important movie. It is, it is like Mike said, this movie is objectively not great. But I, I think for what it stands for and, and what it, I mean, 
athletes have starred, like big time athletes have crashed and burned far worse in movies than than Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan, just like some not as great Bulls teams in the 80s, like he lifted this movie to $230 million in the box office. That's fucking bonkers. I know this movie's not good, but I'd also like to submit some alternate theories. Of, first of all, the movie starts in the most insane way possible and makes me kind of think that this is, A, either a man failing to grieve or a man covering up something that he doesn't want to talk about or a combination of both. feels a little WandaVision-y to me at some point, but then it obviously goes so far off the rails, but just... It, it's just a wild fucking pivot from a movie that like starts for like three minutes and then becomes something totally separate. The opening scene reminded me of a joke from the episode of The Simpsons uh, when George H.W. Bush moves in and becomes Homer's neighbor. And there's a, one joke where he is writing his memoir and he writes, And because I had accomplished everything I had set out to do in my first term, there was no need for a second. The end. <laughs> And that's kind of like what the beginning of this, like, it's like tiny Michael Jordan be like, I'm going to go to college and play for North Carolina. And then I'm going to go to the NBA. And then I'm going to honor you, Papa, by playing <laughs> by playing baseball, because this is what I intended it to do my entire life. And thus I have achieved it. Like, that's what Michael Jordan is saying here. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie is when child Michael Jordan and and Michael Jordan or the adult Michael Jordan with his thumb on the making of this movie really wants that part in there of like, nope, I was actually planning on playing baseball my entire life and I absolutely was not shadow banned for gambling. Yeah. That's absolutely not what happened here. Uh, I, I very much enjoy that, enjoy that intro. Despite the movie also kind of being about Mike's gambling problem, Oh, we're gonna get into that. Yeah. There's, there's a, a probably my favorite part of the movie. But um, this movie's guys, about a lot I, of different problematic things, by the way. <laughs> but we'll get into well, all that. Yeah. Okay, so let's 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 touch on the the Lola Bunny discourse because <laughs> uh, apparently this this podcast is too anti-Republican in the first place. But uh, so the Mike the catching up on uh, on Twitter lately. Apparently, in the Space Jam sequel, they have made Lola Bunny less hot. Uh, she right. is. They desex her. She, yeah, she's just not a sex pistol like she was in this movie, which um, probably the hottest cartoon bunny of all time. I don't really. I mean, I would actually argue Roger, who framed Roger Rabbit, Rabbit, like phrased the the question of fucking a cartoon rabbit like a full decade before this movie. <laughs> right? Isn't that whole thing like about a weird romance between a human and a rabbit? Yeah, yeah, but, but the, it's a hot uh, person cartoon. But the human yeah. is a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, the human's a cartoon, oh, right. and she's like an actual person. So it's it's the cartoon person hooking up with the rabbit instead of like a bunch of you know prepubescent to- boys watching this movie being like, is the is the rabbit hot? <laughs> and the answer is yes. I was. Yeah, I mean, sure, the rabbit is hot. When I was ten. I wasn't thinking about fucking the rabbit, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes. They added a new bunny. Sick. I don't, I don't get like, okay, Tucker Carlson wants to jerk off to a rabbit and I'm supposed to care. Right. So what is Fox News's stance on it though right now? Are they mad that like we've canceled hot Lola Bunny? 
Yeah, they want they want hot Lola back. But I think I think um, Mr. Potato Head without a penis now has taken the uh, <laughs> has has stolen Lola Bunny the Lola Bunny discourse steam. But um, yeah, with, no, they, that's wild because you know, like choice. they a decade ago they would rail against like sexualized image of children. Like it's just they they stand let for nothing. Let us fuck this bunny. Yeah, let us let <laughs> us fuck him. Let us fuck the bunny. Either bunny. Yeah, I'm with you, Jamel. When I remember seeing this movie as a, a a kid, it was like, wow, that bunny can fucking play basketball really yeah, well. That bunny's sick. That bunny can do the sham god. The second best player on the team was Lola Bunny. She she was one of the few with actual legitimate basketball skills. It was like her and MJ. Yeah, she had a mid range step back. I find it hard to believe that the Looney Tunes community is like there's probably like we see in that auditorium. There's like 50 characters living in that entire world, and I'm I'm just like, how has how Bugs never met Lola before? The only other bunny in their in their Looney Tunes world. She just moved to town. One of my favorite things about this movie is that it kind of um, like it, it's kind of a theory that uh, Looneyville is actually hell. It is uh, below the ground, <laughs> and you have to be sucked through a golf hole to get there. Uh, there there's a there's oh, quite the and, until you can just get like a teamster to drive you. That's the best part. <laughs> I just want to say too, when Bill Murray is just like, yeah, I knew someone on production. I had a teamster just drive me down here. That is, yeah, just see that's the I fun, mean, Mike. On, you, you you want the reality, but like, who needs it? It's just a good laugh. Yeah, we just, just need Bill Murray to not. Yeah, we just need Bill Murray to not be hammered drunk for two or three hours a day i've got a whopper of a a bill murray trivia piece for the imdb trivia section by the way something that blew my mind personally but i also wanted to to throw it out there of like what the your all-time monsters lineup because i guess we're getting a new one i haven't actually done as much much research into the sequel but i'm Mm -hmm. sure there's going to be something like that but like i came up with kind of a just a chaotic Monsters, like something that I think would be really fun on screen. Uh, that's Rodman, Sean Kemp, Ron Artest, Charles Oakley, and Allen Iverson. I would love to see that played out in, in cartoon uh, stolen talent form. Jamel, what about you? Wow, is cartoon alien monsters? Okay, uh, I'm going to start with Reggie Miller here. I want Because I, <laughs> he looks I feel like an alien? Like, yeah, and they should have, like... The Monstars don't lose if they replace Sean Bradley with Reggie Miller. You've got three bigs already. Come on. You just need one guy who can shoot. But I guess that's why the movie works. None of them can. Does, okay. does, the, um, so Reggie, does Reggie Miller's like sun tattoo around his belly button play into like the, the Monsters <laughs> design at all? Does he have like flame I mean, powers? It does now. <laughs> what? Oh, you've never seen Reggie Miller's tattoo? Fuck no. You've got a long night ahead of you, my friend. <laughs> Just shoot that over. Just shoot it over. Okay, so it's Reg. It's Kendrick Perkins. Steph. Durant. Uh, who's my fifth? This last one's tough. Because the last one has to be kind of a wild card or a chaos agent. Although Perk, I guess, might be the chaos agent. Perk is the chaos agent. R.I.P. but Robert Tractor trailer. Mm. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad, because then he could like turn into a truck for certain plays. I see where you're going. You could kind of add a little bit of a Transformers vibe. Uh, uh, you already said Ron Artest, wildest elbows in the game. Damn, this is really hard. I can't pick a fifth. You guys got anything? Ricky Davis. 
<laughs> Ricky Davis. He's just just picking gold a, calves. Getting his own. Can you get a triple double? Yeah. yeah. Can you get a triple double in a Space Jam game? That's how they lose. That's how they lose. <laughs> Ricky Davis alien turnover. Peter, do you have a, a dream Monstars lineup? Um, do I have a dream Monstars lineup? Well, if the goal is that I hate them, then I would just say five Dan Gilberts. I don't know. Oh, we yeah. could LeBron have a front office fifth. in here. Yeah, that's that's the aliens without getting the powers, though. That's just yeah. five of those little things. Peter, thank you. My fifth is LeBron James because I hate his fucking guts. That's <laughs> right. I forgot. And Bradley Beal is the star of my mo- of my movie, and it's like Tiny Toons and like Annie Maniacs. It's like a different vibe. Mike, what does your uh, your dream Monstars lineup look like? Um, I think I would do Kermit Washington, Carmelo Anthony, Ooh. Brad Miller, Steven Jackson, and let's just say, and I already use them, but Ron Artest. And these are all players that have landed solid punches in actual <laughs> NBA games. Um, Kermit Washington, the most solid punch of all time. That's, he, that's why he was my him, number man. one draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he sent Rudy Tomjanovich to the fucking hospital for six months. Yeah, he almost months. made him yeah. look pretty. Uh, Two participants in the Malice in the Palace on the on the same Monstars team. You give, give them 20-foot-tall cartoon super bodies. Yep. And no I'm sorry to bring gears. up Stephen Jackson, uh, especially in today's uh, in the wake of yesterday's news about Myers Leonard and everything. What are you talking about, man? He's off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he free. He's, he got he's, himself he's, free. He's right. back on the. He's back. Welcome to Temple anytime, dude. He Come managed on, to at least be anti-Semitic without like using any like slurs. <laughs> he just quoted a book. <laughs> he was at least aggressively trying not to be anti-Semitic, yep. even though he was. Now you Myers know? Leonard would. Uh, he he cemented a spot in Disney Space Jam movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Him and Carla Gugino, right? Is that her name? No. no Carla Gugino. Uh, no, Carla Gugino no, is a uh, saint. Carla... You're thinking of. Uh, I know you're talking about. Oh. Um, yeah. What's her face? I can't... The terrible actor from The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, the. Oh, God. Uh, I refuse. Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Gina yeah. Carano. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's let's roll into the IMDb trivia. I picked a picked a few things. I mean, the best trivia in this movie you. you see in the last dance when they're talking about the court they built and uh you know the players coming to um you know to play michael on set and shit like that um the monsters names because i don't i don't think in the movie you actually hear their names the orange one is pound the uh (laughs) the magenta the magenta the magenta one is not the purple one is bupkis the blue one is blanco and then the green one is Bang, which makes me we missed out on on Kevin Harlan not being the announcer right. in this movie for. A... So I mistakenly said Kevin Harlan instead of Mike Breen, who is who is famous for his Bang calls. I regret the error. Anytime, uh, anytime that guy does something good, I do think having two um, major characters' names being Pound and Bang is very. <laughs> suitable for this incredibly horny movie (laughs) um okay so here's the bill murray fact that blew my mind did y'all know bill murray is six two yeah i mean he acts like he's six two yeah that checks out i I can believe it with his behavior like five ten energy like not in a bad way, but like confident uh, five. I don't know. I've just never thought him of him and, as a tall guy. Him and Vince Vaughn act the same. 
Oh, that's a good point. Bill Murray's so fucking good in this movie. He basically conducts a full scene on the tee box with improv with Michael and Larry. Like he's, he's astounding. He is basically just creating funny moments for them in real fucking time. It is delightful. What did he say about Larry Bird? He said Larry Bird's Larry's not white. He's clear. Larry's not white. He's clear. <laughs> you can yeah. argue that it's one of it's like in his top four performances, movie performances of the nineties. <laughs> well, I'm listen. I know where I'm jumping way ahead, but there's a moment at the end of the movie when he decides he's going to retire, where he looks directly into the camera and says that he's going to retire. <laughs> it is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I think that was literally him being like, I'm done for the day. I, I came, I shot my two hours at this weird fucking green screen set. I talked to a bunch of tennis balls, and uh, you know what? I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> he gave it his all. Yeah. He, he really did. Um, the last bit of trivia I've got, I love casting trivia. I love like a, you know, you know, could this movie have been different? And this is something that would have made the movie extremely different. Mario Your Van Peebles wanted- was originally cast as Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, the director wanted Michael J. Fox to play Stan. This is a different movie if Michael oh. J. Fox is Stan. Wow. Yeah. Oh, if it's Michael J. Box, bro, we're that's two movies. We're we're talking about a trilogy, baby. <laughs> Whoa, it's like completely different rosters. One of the monsters is Isaiah Thomas in the third one. <laughs> I it, it that that is a wildly different movie because uh, Michael J. Fox is just a gigantic star at this point uh, and likable, like too likable, like. Wayne Knight is just kind of on the rise as Newman. He's third build in this movie, Peter pointed out to me, which is yeah, insane. Is. Um, and uh, yeah. Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, Wayne Knight. Hell yeah. But Jamal mentioning Isaiah Thomas, though, I just think we need to throw out that he would have made an incredible monster because it would have just turned into a one-on-one between MJ and the the Isaiah Thomas monster like everyone else would have no one no one gets the ball just straight up one-on-one between those guys it's wild that Sean Bradley is such a freak that he just walks like someone zapped his powers even when he's a normal basketball player (laughs) Mm -hmm. like everyone else is doing like a Sean Bradley impression when they get their powers sucked out of them but he's just like fucking slender man out there it is really funny in at the, the end when like they're all like we got our powers back and like everybody's like showing off and like dribbling and like dunking and then like Sean Bradley literally just like reaches up and puts the ball in the hoop and like it shows no athleticism at all. It's like you couldn't do that when you didn't have your powers. Like that seems pretty a really easy. strange, yeah. strange choice for Sean Bradley because it's it's what it's two Hall of Famers, Larry Johnson who's just a a freak of nature and it's like pre pre back problems larry yeah. johnson when he's still like killing it mugsy who is like an oddity is not a nice way to say mug but like very a unique player in the nba like and they went the other direction with sean bradley but a guy who was in the nba literally just because he was a, a fucking he was white group Right. I think they just went for the comedy. I mean, there's look, there's many examples of uh, tall people and short people in comedy. We got Laurel and Hardy. We got uh, uh, Eric Wareheimer and Aziz Ansari and Master of None. Like the only reason why they cast Eric Wareheimer is because he's a giant Hulk that makes Aziz look like a tiny baby. And I think that's the only reason why they did it. They had Muggsy and then they had Sean and it just looks funny next to each other. 
They should have had Minute Bowl. That would have been the better choice. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, let's get into the best scenes in this one. Oh, Jamel, you had something? No, no, I agree with that. Oh. Okay. Give Minute his, his flowers. <laughs> so the best scenes, I'm going to go go at these chronologically. We're going to talk them out. Uh, the first one, I, I'm Peter, I, I chatted you over this last night. Potentially the best opening credits of all time. It's just MJ highlights over the Space Jam theme. Like, that's fucking awesome. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. Come on and slam, if you want to jam. It's how how every episode of The Last Dance should have started. I was about to say, The Last Dance wish it had this kind of vibe to it. It is just Michael being fantastic all the time, and it's like early Michael, so he's just really spicy as an athlete. It's it's pretty nice. Well, that's why they should have given Mike more control, because if Mike was really calling all the shots, it would have been better backing music on them highlights. I think that is good music to to Michael Jordan. <laughs> I think that's what he thinks like <laughs> great rap is. And the the meme from the last dance when he's on the bus listening to his Walkman, that's what he's listening to. He's just listening Hell to yeah. the same over and over. Oh yeah. my god, thank you for reminding me of that damn song. <laughs> Kenny Lattimore. Oh right. What yeah, see Bal- he got pumped. Baltimore Baltimore's finest. Yeah, he was like, I got the new Kenny Lattimore. No one's got this. And he's like, Oh, you can have it, Mike. I don't think it's like, yeah. yeah, man, it's all you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I will say, um, I have rewatched this movie probably like three or four times in the past like five years, just for various reasons or fun. And uh, I've definitely fast forwarded through the opening credits this time. Uh, it's a six minute opening credit montage of Michael Jordan slam dunking in his own movie about how great he is. That had to have been in the contract. Yeah. Like, you're putting a certain amount of me just dunking on people in this movie. Like I feel like they got done with the cut, and they were just like, shit, this movie's 74 minutes long. <laughs> um, we need to fix that. I'll tell you what, I can, well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but there's multiple scenes here. I'm like, oh, I know for a fact they stretched this out, because this was going to be a really short runtime if they didn't. That's what I'm saying, man. Bill Murray. Bill Murray in the golf course, saving this movie. Here's one, though, the the baseball game with the catcher. The catcher, who is the worst goddamn teammate of all time, <laughs> just selling out his pitcher, trying to let Michael Jordan hit a home run off him, which, like, no pitcher, you don't, you don't want the guy who hasn't played baseball in 20 years to take you deep, and this shitty-ass catcher just giving away the pitch. It's probably my least favorite character in the movie. Like, he's worse than, than Danny DeVito's character. Thanks for all you that basketball for my kid. I'm a hero now. No problem. After you do it. Let's go! Curveball, don't swing. Don't swing. But he did, he did tee up Mike for one of his funnier lines. Him swinging at the third and being like, "I couldn't help it, man." <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say that is a bad teammate, but also one of the more inspired bits. Uh, it felt like it could have been an SNL sketch uh, or something. It was pretty well done. I thought it was one of the funnier bits. The uh, the strikeout, the looking good when you strike out. That's one. That's something that has endured in this movie. Funny enough, it, not as much as like the concept of Mike's secret stuff and things like that, but the you look good when you strike out line, like that's been said in baseball dugouts in the last 20 years. Mm, for sure. 
Uh, the next one I've got is when the, the Monstars go hunting for talent at Madison Square Garden, which is, you, you can say that no one's gone hunting for talent in Madison Square Garden <laughs> and, and since this movie, really. Hey, uh, they got Julius Randle now. Come on. I, I'm a pro Julius Randle guy. He's good. I don't know if he's Monstar <laughs> good, but he's got the look of a Monstar. <laughs> How many Knicks in the last 25 years make the cut for the Monstars after Ewing? Is it like maybe Carmelo for one year? Oh, Shumpert is a Monstar. <laughs> Shumpert is a B-level Shumpert Monstar. And, and Nate Robinson is, Nate Robinson is oh. a Monstar dunk champion, Nate? <laughs> That's true. I, you know, I just want to also shout out uh, Patricia Heaton and Dan Castellaneta for that cameo too, when they're sitting next to the aliens dressed up and she's like, you said you were going to get better seats this year. I'm sitting next to this fucking creep. And he's like, shut up. Let me watch the game. Shut up. It was, yeah, it is like funny that like, she's like, you said we were going to get better seats. Like you purposely picked the seats that, that are next to creeps. Like what is she mad at him for? (laughs) That's on the, that's on the ticket actually that weird, that like guy in the public masturbator trench coat is going to be sitting next to in 1997, $600 seats for sure. Yeah. Nah, them shits was a band. I think, do you guys think everything after the fucking gambling scandal in 1950 is a thousand bucks to sit in the garden. (laughs) That's that's probably true. Actually. Do you think Jeremy Um, Lin, Lynn Sanity Lynn gets a, a, a like if Space Jam comes out in 2013 does does Jeremy Lynn get a call immediately after Lynn Sanity happens I mean yeah but they couldn't like they could never get his character out of focus groups because they couldn't figure out how to draw him not racist Oh that would have been super problematic Yeah well I do want to just 10 different versions <laughs> I I want to point out that like the monsters well, I guess maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but like it's like they steal very specific players' powers, and then other than like the Muggsy Bogue monster being short, they're all incredibly similar to each other. <laughs> like even the yeah, how does this team work on court? Like if an NBA team rolled out that starting five, how does that how does that go in the '90s, and how does that go? I feel like now Barkley it's even worse. is the two, right? Barkley yeah. or Larry. I feel like I don't Barkley. I feel like Barkley's Bar- a Barkley, better shooter. Though. Yeah, Barkley is like Barkley has like handle. Barkley is the two. Barkley is Barkley is Draymond Green if Draymond Green got to steal somebody's powers. <laughs> I bringing okay. in the Draymond Green gonna, hate across look, podcasts. You're just you're I I can't <laughs> even talk about how different and off that is. I, I don't mean, have time. Draymond would be a really good monster, actually. Yeah, Draymond he, should have been one of the monsters. He's I think he's star. going to be, right? Isn't he in the new one? I think he's... It should I just be like, the Warriors. It should be the Warriors as monsters. Yeah. I feel like the over-under on current NBA players in this new one like should be set at 30 and a half, and I feel like the over is the safe play. I feel like it's just going to be cameo, cameo, cameo. Every, everyone is going to want in on this. Because everyone loves LeBron, because people are all friends now. Everybody wanted Mike dead in 1995. They're making this movie. I'm not hanging out no, with they Michael didn't. Him and Larry Jordan. Bird were fucking drinking and playing Larry Bird was like retired for five yeah, years. Larry Bird, was in the Larry class Bird had been them. retired yeah. for five years. Shout out the best moment from the last oh, yeah. dance. The fuck you, bitch, <laughs> fuck you, after bitch. the game. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's Larry. I, Larry could never. Larry could never. I mean, I said it backwards. Mike couldn't. 
Mike couldn't coach a team. Larry beat Mike as a coach. Okay, well let's let's actually let's let's speaking of Larry, the next scene is the golf scene. Lunatic, probably Pete. I, Peter, I know you want to you want to go in on the golf scene because it is Murray at his absolute fucking finest in this movie. There's just like little things where after he hits the shot, he like holds the pose for way too long, like obnoxiously long. And you're like, this isn't that funny. And then he keeps holding it and it becomes funny. He's also just wearing an umbrella hat, which is inherently hilarious. Um, And there's no rhyme or reason why Wayne Knight is there. They're like clearly not on the first hole. So he's just like not caddying, but just like following Michael around in a really weird way. There's just so many funny elements to this. And also... Like five minutes ago, you like called me out on being logic cop. And now suddenly, oh, well, they're not on the first hole. Why is Wayne Knight there on like the 18th? Like, I'm not the logic cop, Michael. I'm also just, <laughs> I can call out logic and still enjoy it. I'm not like, the logic is the reason why this movie is bad. I'm Michael. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> it, no, it's just like, that's what makes it fun. That's it's funny. Well, logic cop moment. Bill Murray agrees to closest to the pin. Thank after you. After Larry Bird has already hit a shot closer than him, like he agrees to a loss. That's all. It's what? rich. It's guy still shit. kind of funny. Only rich people can do that. Only rich people can be like, ah, I fucking lost. Yeah, sure, bet. Must be nice. Do you think Bill Murray, like, the night before he he was set to shoot, like just got blackout drunk at like this smokehouse in Burbank and then like yes. woke up with that umbrella hat on and he's like, I'll bring this to set. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. That's a good question. Is yeah. it he his? brought it to set for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Um okay the next scene I've got for best scene, basically this goes into the game. Uh the first half of the game, which we we essentially just learned that Looney Tunes basketball is slam ball with mm-hmm. less rules. Oh, I do want to shout out um, the brevity of this movie because there is very little like fun and games, training montage, anything. They get Michael's shoes and then suddenly he dunks five times and they're ready to play the game. I also want to shout out another thing too where he um, like someone definitely references Bill Murray like references David Stern. He's like, oh, maybe you could put a call into David Stern to let me like come back and let me like let me play. And then all of a sudden, the commissioner of the league, who's just like generic L.A. actor, who's been on like L.A. Law 17 times, is the commissioner in L.A. when they're shutting everything down. It's a fantastic inconsistency, in my opinion. Bill Murray in this movie was doing what Master P was trying to do for the entirety of the 90s. Just He's just trying to get... <laughs> he is the Master P of this movie. You're right. How much would you guys pay to watch Bill Murray versus Master P one-on-one? Hundred and fifty dollars. Oh right yeah, I'd, I'd I'd fork up three hundred bucks for that. Three hundred. <laughs> yeah, 300? sure. Damn it. I mean, that we're is... we're into year of COVID. Like, do I have I've... to pay it all at once, or can I just like pay yeah. it out over? Like, no, a you can pay it on Klarna. <laughs> you yeah. can use Klarna. You can use Afterpay. <laughs> I'm I'm going to some streaming website where I where I may or may not get my NBA yeah, games and watching it there. <laughs> for free yeah, the hell 300 do- bro you could buy a computer and build them fools playing as little cgi you guys remember i'm not paying rent anymore right oh. yeah. okay so sure. now he's that just wasting explain. all his money on that doesn't make events hey hey guess what i'm the logic cop now you're going to jail peter their combined age has to be like 130 master right? p and bill murray 
Master P. Omar's got to be close to seventy, Ooh. right? And Master. Oh, he's yeah, at I'm least saying, in his seventies. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say late sixties for William. And then I'm gonna say mid fifties for oh, P. I was gonna say like forty eight, forty nine. P ain't here. No, nah, P got to be about fifty nine. Fi- no, fifty five. Like fifty. Master P is fifty Ooh. on the dot. He turns fifty one at the end of April. Benner, that was close. Benner with the hit. Bill Murray seventy. Yeah, so one hundred twenty. Okay. One thirty on the dot. Yeah. Wow. Right. No, that's one twenty. One twenty. Yeah, Matt. This this one twenty on the dot. <laughs> 120 on the dot, so I was close. Yeah, that yeah, he's still uh, pretty close. Oh. Yeah, that's good. So Matt Master P wins that. Oh, that for one sure. I think Bill Murray's gonna have to probably yes. His his liver is a Jello shot right now. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say his liver is 600 yeah. years old. <laughs> he's he's too busy playing the uh, the Lake Tahoe the Celebrity Pro Am mm. tournament to, to play Master P on one on one. Okay, next scene I've got is is Mike's secret stuff, which has endured as long as anything in this movie. Still, still a mainstream reference that you hear all the time. Mike's secrets It's just perfect, perfect scene, really, like a perfect concept. Uh, the the ultimate placebo effect. Yeah, finished. Uh, great speech and all, Doc. Uh, you had him riveted, but uh, didn't you forget something? What? Your secret stuff. <laughs> Wow! Whoa! Nice deltoid! Play along! Hey, stop hogging it, Mike! We're your teammates! Secret stuff? Secret stuff? You wouldn't hold out on us, would you? No, I mean, I don't think you guys really needed it. I mean, you're so tough. Yeah, and I think it also is a great character moment for Bugs Bunny. Like, you kind of wonder why he's the leader of the Looney Tunes a lot because he's not bringing a lot of leadership to the table here. But he knows how to motivate his guys in the moment when it counts. And he and it's it's a funny bit when Mike is like trying to motivate his the team, and then like Bugs Bunny's like, "Ah, eh, nice try, dipshit. Here you go. I, I you got to trick these dumb shits to to get them to do do well." Yeah. He leaned into yeah. his skills, which is deception. If there was a sequel, there's definitely a scene where he's uh, himself in a wig and he gives a very empowering speech as a female version of Bugs Bunny, which does offend Lola Bunny greatly. Okay, the uh, <laughs> just, just on that, uh, the second half is where you get into the, like, the classic it's the most classic looney tune part of the movie you get uh dynamite you get uh mj holding up a parent rapist peppy Le Pew as a as a gas as a gas can i also bomb. just point out too that like <laughs> the the stakes of this movie are slavery <laughs> and it's just it's crazy very overlooked how then mike like i feel like it's a line with like michael's views of just like <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things that we've heard about him where he's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll give it, a fuck. Yeah, it's fine. It's kind of wild to just believe to hear them, the, the cute little voiced by a child alien at the beginning to be like, we're going to enslave you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I forgot about that. I forget about that line every time I've seen the movie. <laughs> You're going to be our slaves. Yeah, slaves. That's it. Slaves. Oh, slaves God. forever. Um, yeah. Like they could have done it without the word slavery. <laughs> like they didn't. I don't know. It seems like they really needed it. 
Uh, yeah, ninety-five slavery is too hot. Le- it's too hot of a line. LeBron's uh, they're sharecroppers in in, in LeBron's <laughs> version. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even gonna touch that. I don't. Good. Good idea. I'm, I'm not gonna touch that one. The last scene I've got is is the final play when when Bill Murray shows up. Uh, guys, Jamel, I'm gonna start with you. What's the best scene in this movie? The best scene in this movie is the golf scene. Uh, honorable mention to what I hope is Mike's real dog in the scene where him and Daffy go back for the shoes. I love Daffy and Bugs Bunny's conversation in the scene when they go back yes. for the shoes. It's great. He's just like, it's- yo, you know they got lunchboxes and shit of us? <laughs> it is very like two old timey actors complaining about like the golden years of Hollywood. Yeah, it is. uh, I think to me, that scene definitely captures like the old Bugs Bunny Daffy vibe. The best, like, I don't know. I know we're seeing all kinds of Looney Tunes characters, but like that scene is the one that was like, Oh, this is the Looney Tune vibe. The most, the Looney Tunes are very much supporting characters in this movie. Like, that's a weird thing to say, but they are just, this is the Michael Jordan show. It is more about MJ and more about the humans. And the Looney Tunes are just there for stuff like that, for their slapstick stuff. And then, yeah, the great conversation between Bugs and Daffy. I think Daffy mentions that they're, they're either, it's not a union job or it is a union job or something like that. It's, it, it that one flies over the kids' yeah. heads, I believe. Yeah, yeah, there's some good stuff like that. Also, secondary honorable mention to Patrick Ewing. I know Ben, I know you said he can't act, but he was game to be involved in an impotency joke. That's right. He's like, <laughs> so, I yeah, that's true. Yeah. So give him give him his bars. That's it. But he also like couldn't stand to like be the butt of the joke. Like what's what was the like the joke, like the the therapist was like, "Do you have any trouble like performing anywhere else?" And he like sits areas? up and he's like, "I fuck doctor." <laughs> like, <laughs> I went to fucking Georgetown, bro. I fuck. Yeah, that's funny. Does anyone have an argument for the golf scene not being the best scene? I would say it is. I mean, Bill coming back is pretty good. I though. I will that's say good. my one of my favorite moments is Bill coming back. Um, and he kind of just comes in uh, like a Tasmanian devil to add Bill Murray flavor all over the finale. And he did. And I, I think that he may have been called in for reshoots because they just were like, this final scene fucking sucks. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we got nothing, Bill. Uh, we got nothing. But you know, luckily it's easy to reshoot when uh, it's all green screen and you can tell it's green screen because when he enters, he is high-fiving characters that are not there. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, there's two to three high fives that he's just high fiving the air and, uh, and you're just like, Oh, they, Bill Murray just came in like a whirlwind, did whatever he wanted for these reshoots and then left and they were forced to cut around whatever they got from him. And it's kind of great because of it. The God, the, the God himself. Well, because you know someone, like some poor bastard, probably not the director because he knew better, but some poor bastard probably like tried to tell Bill. He's like, okay, Bill, so you're going you're gonna to run in through here and we just need you to do a couple of things. And he shut him down right here. He's like, listen, I'm just going to go and you just, just draw the stuff around yeah. me and we're good. And I, I think that that's clearly what happened. Um, the golf scene is my favorite, though. I mean, because of Bill Murray. Uh, 
So, can I give honorable mention to just two performances other than Bill Murray that aren't Absolutely. necessarily related to scenes? But I really do think Wayne Knight does some fantastic work in this movie. Like it is, like his role is ridiculous, and even he somehow, through his craziness, endears himself to probably the actual human Michael Jordan, I think. I feel like you kind of see Michael like starting to just enjoy him throughout the movie a little bit more, even though, like, because I don't think Michael has, like, any semblance of what acting is or really caring at any no, point. I just think he did a pretty... It would have been kind of sick if, if Wayne Knight became a fixture at Bulls games during the oh, second yeah. Jordan run, <laughs> like, had a big role in The Last Dance. So, Peter, it sounds like you're going to be uh, you're gonna be fighting for Wayne Knight in the uh, supporting character award. Guys, yes. let's take a quick yes, ad yes, break yes. and then get back with Best Quote. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so best quote. Best quote in this one is, it's hard to uh, to find a quote that is not a Bill Murray quote. Um, I had a couple nominees. I think they're all Bill Murray. I think I have three Bill Murray quotes and then two others. Uh, the one right when the um, right when the golf shot is hit, or at, right after Mike is sucked down into the to the hole. Uh, when Bill Murray grabs the camera, and he's like, "What kind of camera is that?" Just <laughs> what kind of camera is that? It's just. Would you not point that at me, please, and close the lens? Are you doing that just to? Where'd he go? The general reaction, like he, I mean, he's spitting fire through the whole golf scene because right after he goes, Larry, I'm going to give us twos back there. We weren't in any emotional shape to fight. <laughs> that was a very good line. <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is awesome. Um, he also gives us the, I don't play defense at the end, which, um, you know, in, in 90s NBA, you know, doesn't fly. But now like, yeah, sure. You don't play defense. Like maybe Bill Murray could have played in today's <laughs> NBA. Um, but the line of the movie might actually be Barkley when he's playing, he's praying at that church and he says, I'll never go out with Madonna again. <laughs> what a time <laughs> capsule that exact moment is of the nineties. Charles Barkley in a church saying, I'll be a role model. I'll never go out with Madonna again is like pretty, pretty fucking nineties. It's excellent. It's funny. Shouts out to the girls who kick him off the court. In the other game, too. He's just like, you're not Charles Barkley. Leave. I've never played bad so bad in a pickup game where they make you leave before the game's over. <laughs> that is funny. So this grown man gets mis- allegedly, like, hypothetically, they mistake a grown man for Charles Barkley. If that's if, and, and these girls don't read the news and realize that he's going through some shit. 
and they just like they beat his ass off the court and then they're just like no get out of here grown man not because he did anything to him just because he's fucking bad it's the most shameful yeah. thing I've she ever swats seen. one of his shots and is like you know what get out I go, is it weird that charles barkley in his time of introspection is hanging around like a girl's schoolyard <laughs> watching them play basketball <laughs> He's walking he just said New he's York never going to go out with Madonna out. again. Yeah, he was soul searching. Kyle, you New also York said something City. about these girls don't read the news. I just want to point out that no one in this movie, apparently, in the entire universe of this movie, including space, earth, and hell, which is where Looney Tunesville is, uh, nobody reads the news <laughs> because a a spaceship blasts over a, a fully sold out baseball game that Michael Jordan is playing in and then burrows into the ground. And like, this is the beginning of the movie and nobody talks about it. <laughs> and then <laughs> that would have been the biggest yeah. story. And then later Michael Jordan, not to get ahead of ourselves, uh, arrives back on earth after having been missing. Uh, his wife barely even noticed by the way. Um, and he arrives via spaceship and walks off and like enters a baseball game in a cloud of steam, and then cut to oh Michael Jordan's making a basketball comeback. Nobody wants to talk about how Michael Jordan is an alien. Like what is happening? So I actually I was gonna ask you guys a question. This is a good time for it. What NBA player could show up at a game in a spaceship and it would just be treated as like oh an eccentric guy like i my my to me it was like if kyrie showed up to the arena in a spaceship it would just be like oh kyrie showed up in a spaceship and it would be like a funny clip on twitter for a little bit no one would think anything of it i would also say clay thompson just because the media just <laughs> wouldn't ask him any like they wouldn't they're just not talking to clay <laughs> I think matter. Spencer Dinwiddie is probably building a spaceship out of like several gaming PCs right now, um, <laughs> and I think it, someday he will arrive in that spaceship. Could see it. I could see all of it. Um, Amen. MJ is too serious to show up in a spaceship. Like that would have been questioned a lot more. I think. Like he has the he has the influence, but I don't think he has the the he's not eccentric enough to have to have not been deeply questioned and it to not have been a huge thing that he showed up in a spaceship. I think people would probably be too afraid to question Michael so Jordan I, I got, if he showed up in a spaceship. He was like, the last time I asked him, like, you know, if he was going to be on time tomorrow, he hit me with a bat. <laughs> like, I can't ask him about the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get into... <laughs> I want to get into the most authentic and least authentic sports-centric parts of this movie, the most realistic parts. I usually defer to my guests for this to throw out what they thought was the most realistic and least realistic first, but I, I want to get it out there that this movie has one of the most realistic parts in any sports movie ever, and that is Michael Jordan finding a way to place an extremely risky wager in the middle of a basketball game <laughs> for his soul, for his freedom, just yes. so he can, and he's doing this. He, he the wager is either his freedom or his friends' talent, his friends, his competitors' talent. He's literally risking his freedom just so he can beat the shit out of Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing again. It is the most MJ thing of all time. It's it not about perfect. the money. It was never about the money for him. That's what it's about, baby. It's it's crazy. Like it is watching it as an adult and he just like stops the guy and he's like wait a minute i want to make this as high stakes as i can possibly make it is like that's 
that's why you're allegedly shadow banned and playing minor league baseball. Like, minor league baseball no, MJ did not learn his lesson. Like, he's making even riskier wagers. Also, if you are kind of covering up your tracks with a kid's movie that's really actually all about that shadow ban, is there a better way to thumb your nose at the world than kind of <laughs> placing a wager in the middle of the ultimate, the penultimate part of the movie? Yeah, it's beautiful. It is big time gambling addict energy because like the reason why he makes that gamble is because he's on a roll. Like he's on a hot streak. Like it's like it's like someone is like like they're about to break even at the blackjack table and then just go all in because they think the the luck is on their side. He's on a heater, Mike. I also think uh, it's crazy that he makes this bet because. Why are the Looney Tunes his friends? They've been nothing but annoying. <laughs> like it's just like they they didn't even try to train for a basketball game that they that they kidnapped Michael Jordan to win for them. Like <laughs> why does Michael <laughs> Jordan care about these people? They took him away from the only thing in golf that the only thing in the world yeah. that Michael Jordan likes, which is golf. That, that's a very good point. Like I don't know why he has any skin, but I think the thing is, I don't think he has any loyalty to them. I just think when he they were like, yeah, we made a, a very risky wager. He was like, oh, risky wager. <laughs> yeah. I'll play that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play that. Michael, our game. lives are in danger. Mm, I'm going to need more. <laughs> we made a bet. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone have anything more realistic? Well, uh, Mike calling the last play oh. is also pretty. Yeah, somebody steal the ball. Give it to me, and I'll figure this shit out. That is a great quote from Bill Murray. He's like, oh, I don't... I, don't uh, I, I will call out another Bill Sam Murray bit. line that I think is underrated that happens. Um, Michael Jordan uh, is about five or six seconds into his flight in the final like slam dunk, and then it cuts to Bill Murray, and yes. he goes, Michael, I'm open. <laughs> and that, to me, is really funny. <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> And, and that's if that's, such a good bit. <laughs> and if that's LeBron, he hits Bill Murray with a pass in the chest right away. <laughs> Just, Which is a fucking mistake. Come on. I do want to call it one other line that I found really oh, funny. Um, when it's when it's right before Michael arrives to give all the uh, the NBA players their power back. Um, uh, Muggsy Bogues is uh, is. I guess mourning the state of his life, saying, "You guys are all tall. Like, what? Like, look at me. Without my, without my talent, I'm just another short guy." And then Charles Barkley just immediately says, "That's right." I felt that on a very funny level. like line delivery. I don't. I think. I think that might have been an editing joke where like the 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 editor in the edit bay just found that oh, putting these two lines together will be very funny for me. This movie, actually, it has one of the most realistic sports movie aspects ever. It also has one of the, the most least realistic sports movie aspects ever. It's not that he's playing with you know in cartoons or Looney Tune Land or the stretching out his arm for the last bucket. It is that he would be supportive walking into the locker room for halftime as they were getting their ass kicked. He would walk in that locker. He'd be motherfucking Bugs Bunny to death. That's like, the funniest part about this movie is like it's actually the only way Michael Jordan could have ever starred in a movie is if you basically didn't let anyone act with him ever because he just would have been insufferable. Like 
It just had to be people in green suits and Bill Murray for like two days. Imagine him just telling Daffy Duck that he was just a sorry piece of shit and a fucking loser <laughs> when they're just getting dick sanded I by think, the monsters. What if like what if this movie is a an insight into how Michael Jordan sees himself? And in his mind, when he is, you know, calling Donald or calling Steve Kerr a sorry piece of shit, he is being supportive. And like what we're seeing in Space Jam is how he views himself as a teammate, but like he doesn't realize that like standing over someone chomping on a cigar and like swinging a baseball bat is like not endearing. It is very threatening, Michael Jordan. Please do not swing that bat so close to me. When he breaks them out of the huddle before the game, they're like the whole team is hyped and he's just like, guys, let's just have fun. Like that's that's not the MJ right. I know. <laughs> that's that's not Mike. That's that's not what we want. They should have just had Scott Burrell on the bench as real life Scott Burrell. <laughs> I think Michael actually brought Scott Burrell in to audition for Wayne and then Knight's personally part. Personally, said you didn't get the gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just nah, personally, he's like, it. "You're gonna meet with producers, man. We're gonna fly you out to L.A." <laughs> Motherfucking Scotty, shit, Scott, you said the line wrong. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, let's get into what worked about this one. What makes this one a great... Jesus Christ, I'm crying. That was fucking great. Uh, so something that, that we, we have not talked about, and it's kind of something that works about this one, but also 25 years later doesn't work about this one, is that the soundtrack slaps. And part of the reason that it slaps is thanks to the one and only Robert Kelly who is uh, about as canceled as you can get right now. Like, e- even Fox News <laughs> has canceled R. Kelly, which is, which is I mean, a big what step. I mean, what is jail if I, not the I heard Ben Shapiro sign him you know? to his record it's, label. <laughs> <laughs> he's Yo. starring in the movie. He's, he's singing the, the song. He, he's actually bringing I Believe yeah. I Can Fly to the new Gina Carano movie. Yeah, why can't we just get the, the Fox 5 to just read their Dr. Seuss fuck lola bunny and listen to remix to ignition just like all good republicans God want him i just want to see the fox news canceled list just like how they decide who's canceled i would love to see that someone if you're if yeah i i would want now that's that's my 300 dollars. i pay, I, I'd pay for one random snapshot of a whiteboard in the fox news office just to see what's on it I, yeah, I that it well if you combine that with the the Bill Murray Master P one on one because that game's over in like ten minutes, right. so you need something to fill the hour. And it's oh, just sure, like, yeah, it's just bundle like it. Tucker Carlson and in a, in a few like in like the ghost of Lou Dobbs or Roger Ailes just picking out. You're gonna you're canceled. gonna get another two star. Uh, but the soundtrack this for episode. this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Someone. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to make up for the for the the one and two. Shout out to the Republican who's one. still listening yeah. to you after the review. They're like, I'm going to give you this review, and then I will be tuning in again, sir. I mean, that's some. I can't Honestly, think of anything more true. Republican <laughs> is notifying someone I hate you, and I will be yeah, listening. I will boycott every day. by consuming everything you do. Uh, I do appreciate though. I think it says something about the quality it's of like, this podcast that they went two stars and not one. Yeah, I, I, that's I really, I actually, I truly appreciated that. Like I sent it to a friend. It was like, it's actually like 
very nice that they didn't do a one star. Because, I, I mean, I've had some one stars. Like, I think my favorite one star review is um, the person who reviewed my niche sports movie podcast and said, one star, concept is too niche. <laughs> Which is like, why are you here, yeah, sir? in there in the title and description. <laughs> Two stars is all respect. Sir, amazing content. I love the formats <laughs> and the, the way you present them. I just do not agree with your ideals. Chris Pratt is a you saint. Acknowledge black people exist. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's very. It was a very. It was probably the most respectful two star review, frankly. Uh, but yeah, the soundtrack for this one slaps. Uh, R. Kelly, you know, Monica. He can sing real good. Yeah, Monica. Uh, Seal. Seal. Pump up the jam is the game Method intros. Man? Red Man. I mean, uh, Buster Rhymes. The, the Bugs Bunny. The, the, the Bugs Bunny intro. rap written by. Jay Z is an all timer, which is on the soundtrack. It is on the soundtrack, yes. And it's like you can't find it almost anywhere. No, it's pretty, but... I think, hard to find. Uh, did Billy West do the rap too? Yes, I think so. That's crazy. <laughs> Voice of Fry <laughs> has uh, has worked with Jay Z. It's essentially the jock jams. The the soundtrack is essentially like a, a more a more star studded jock yeah. jams, smoothed out jock jams because there's almost because there is no techno, jock jams would hit you with some nice techno dance. Be you hear the rhythm of the night or you know what I'm saying, some shit. Uh, goddamn, uh, uh, Cotton Eye Joe. See, and I think the the Space Jam sequel, which like I had I had put something at the end, you know, some spitballing about the sequel. But I feel like the sequel is going to suffer from too many people wanting in on to be like to to get in on that. Like it's going to it's going to be a bunch of people trying way too hard. I'm not dialed into music enough, but like, you know, Drake is has probably already written 30 songs oh, yeah. or had someone write 30 songs to, to get on that album. It's also kind of impossible for the sequel to be good. It's just it's just impossible for the sequel to be good because like the point of this movie and why it's so fun and I love it so much is it's because it's a psychological nightmare when it, you start bringing in like logic or reality mm-hmm. into it. Like and like this movie's like someone's trying really hard to try to figure out how to make this movie. It's like Space Jam 2 like engaging, like there's no no expense not taken care of i just i think they're setting themselves up for massive right I, I think to to bring it back to what worked like what works about this movie is that like it's just a, a chaotic mess there are like several scenes where there's just 15 looney tune characters like going insane and spitting everywhere <laughs> like, and it's just like there's no like there's no logic no, the spit shine is hilarious like, oh yeah, yeah. yo Sylvester gets Sylvester has a couple base hits in this joint. Sylvester <laughs> takes a moment in the first half of the big game where he they are fighting for their literal lives to eat a teammate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. In the middle of trying to figure out what play to run. On brand. On Isn't he the brand. one? Doesn't he also take one of Marvin the Martian slugs to the stomach as halftime? And ends? it leaves There's a giant times. hole that Tweety <laughs> can fly through. Something I want to shout out that I, I've forgotten about until just now is um, the. I think it was. I'm going to miscredit someone. I think Yahoo Sports did it a couple years back 
where they did a fake 30, like a fake five minute 30 for 30 on the Space Jam game that was dead serious. And it was a fucking perfect piece of comedy. It was just it, it was just a, it was a bunch of people just talking about Space Jam had it like happened in real life and it was it was excellent. I I, I need to find. I'm gonna it. take a random stab and guess that uh, a friend of the podcast and uh, maybe someone you should book on your podcast, Kyle uh, CJ Toledano probably wrote and directed that. <laughs> that sounds like something exactly he would do when he was working for Bleacher <laughs> Report. Literally sounds verbatim like something he would yeah. make. <laughs> I am I am looking for it now. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of art. This was in, god damn, what was it, 2016? That, uh, Peter, what else worked about this one as well? While I look into this, um, about like the the athleteness of it all, like the sport of it all, just in general, like what what makes this one a Hall of Fame? Why are we still hmm. talking about this 25 years later? I think there's something MJ? like fantastic about this movie. Um, which I'm, I'm going to reference another movie that I'm sure not <laughs> it might be a little bit of a, a, a detour, but 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 roll with me. Um, I watched Moonstruck the other night with uh, my, my wife and in-laws, Nick Cage, Cher, Olivia Dukakis, like probably one of the best movies now that no one's allowed to watch a Woody Allen movie ever again, like exempt, like just representing like the city of New York as an entity. And we'll stop the- watching Woody Allen movies. Yeah, Woody Allen has. Uh, he's. He's. Yep. I he's, don't know. He, I bet. Oh, actually, no, we'll catch, we'll catch you up watch. off air. <laughs> no, no, no. He's a, he's, I'm hip. No, I remember the. He happened. is like the Mr. Potato Head of the Jews, if you will, right now. He is. <laughs> it was because It was because of the doc that came yeah. out. It's like, Bamas was watching his shit last summer. Uh, yeah, dude, I watched Midnight in Paris in theaters. I'm a piece of shit, obviously. Um, Midnight in Paris is still really good. It was. It so, is nice to have uh, like conversations about like problematic people while looking at a a big poster for Manhattan or something. That's true. Moon, Moonstruck is a perfect movie because like the stakes of the movie are always like kind of there, but like they're never really like can you're not really concerned about them. Like she's like, oh, she's got to marry the brother, but like she ends up not marrying the brother, and it's like not a big deal. Like the stakes just don't really matter. And I think something about how like. You never really care about his kids. You never really care about like his wife. You never really care about him disappearing. So much of the things you don't care about is, I think, actually what allows this movie to be fun, in a way, where like it's kind of all the stuff that yada yada yada, which allows just like them doing bits for seventy five minutes, makes it enjoyable. And to your point, because they didn't cast Michael J. Fox. <laughs> yeah, Michael J. Fox. If Michael J. Fox was in this movie. Story structure. All of that stuff. Everybody <laughs> watching the movie would have been like, "Well, what about where's the daughter now?" Yeah, I think uh, to your point, the chaos of this movie is is the is the the big win for it, and the the seriousness and and logic. Like I'm sure the the LeBron reboot or sequel is going to uh, just not have fun. It's gonna like it's gonna be like seeing Batman Returns, Tim Burton's like insane fucking weird Batman movie, and then immediately watching like uh, The Dark Knight Rises and like oh like Christopher Nolan managed to like suck all the fun out of this thing, and like technically it's like a better well crafted movie, but uh, man, I'd rather watch Batman Returns. The one thing the remake actually, I will I will get to my remake take at the end. Uh, I want to get into just a few things that didn't work. You know, we we've already. I mean, this movie is not trying. You know, to like it's not trying to win an Oscar. It's not trying to be too serious. Something. This isn't something that necessarily didn't work, 
But uh, MJ's house in Birmingham, like the thought of MJ living on just a normal street, like I, it's a very like curious choice to be like, oh yeah, here's MJ in his nice, but not too nice house. Whereas like if you've seen the MJ rides the bus 30 for 30, like he lived in a very exclusive gated neighborhood in, in Birmingham. Like, they I, even had two friendly white people driving by being like, <laughs> honk, honk, hi, Michael. And he like turns around and waves to them. It's pretty... Yeah, this, this movie. It was pretty up. funny that he lived in a like three bedroom house, <laughs> like a perfectly nice house. But I was like, no way, that is his house. There's no way he lives that close to his neighbors. Also, um, are we clear on whose dog it is in the movie? Is it the neighbor's dog or is it his dog? I think it's his dog, isn't it? Because it's in the right, house. Right, but who's the woman that runs out and takes the dog away? Like, is there just an unacknowledged like mother-in-law or something? Like, because in the beginning, the oh, dog yeah. tackles his Michael mother, Jordan, mother. and then his... someone, run, an old lady, runs out, grabs the dog, and takes it away, and then Michael Jordan's yes. wife drives up. So I'm just like, I to took that. His... That is the maid. Oh, I, I, I think, took that I as think... his his widowed mother. I don't think MJ. <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> that is that. Is... <laughs> Oh. That he doesn't even acknowledge. Doesn't even say thank you for getting the dog off me. <laughs> thank you, yeah. Mom. Who's then inside cooking for him, a grown <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, was she inside the house? I think I missed that. She was inside uh, okay, the house because he, yeah. he walks in and and she is making uh, chicken and collard Oh, greens, yes, that is I right. Believe. Okay. So it is his dog. Uh, because, yeah, because he's in Birmingham and he will be eating a southern meal. And, not, uh, not a yeah, safe dog to like, have around those small children, by the way. The dog literally tears a door off the hinges trying to eat Daffy Duck. And I'm like, Daffy Duck's the same size as that little girl. <laughs> like, Other than that, I didn't really have anything that didn't work. I just, MJ's house sticks out to me. The everyman house of Michael Jordan. Um, you know, we already talked, I Believe I Can Fly. Great song. R. Kelly's very canceled. Um, MJ not putting two and two together that the guys that had their talents stole by aliens until, uh, until Stan gets fried at halftime. Like he did, he was like, wait a minute. So you're, so the alien, you're telling me that the aliens were real small and now they're real big and good at basketball. At the same time, five guys I know have had their talents sapped apparently. And there's five aliens. What a strange coincidence. I also want to just shout out to the Looney Tune defense in the second half because they held them to 11 points in the second half. They had 66 points to start the third quarter, and the final score was 78-77. So just like a Hall of Fame defense performance. It's 0-4 piston shit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Did anyone else have anything that didn't work? Uh, Something that literally didn't work for the Looney Tunes brand was introducing the five moron aliens into the family. It was a clear, like... Like remember, like in the the new Muppets movie when like they they made Walter the main character, and we we're like, who the fuck is this dumb Muppet that nobody likes? Like, <laughs> give us Kermit. Like that's how I felt about like the morons when they like were like, you're part of our family now, and you're like, no, they're not. These are not. They were they were trying to sling some merch off. Exactly. That, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think anyone I mean, liked them. You know, the Looney Tune execs dreamed of the moron spinoff. Absolutely. They was trying to get the Moron series going, but it was too late. The Looney Tunes was already dead in the water, man. To that point, I think Danny DeVito. Is that Danny DeVito? Yeah, it's Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. the voice. Danny yeah. DeVito. His, his character is the lamest. I know they're making fun of Jerry Krause, but <laughs> it's like, I don't know. We don't really need him. 
I wish the I wish the morons was trying to make the NBA their slaves on their own. <laughs> that would be actually might be more interesting if five adorable like aliens are purely driven by their own like sociopathic actions, like rather than Danny DeVito being Exactly. Yeah. What if in the sequel Danny DeVito's back, but he's much more like Frank from Always Sunny? Like he he they just they don't explain it, but he's exactly like that character. I yeah, would... he's just gone to shit. He's like wearing the like a dirty like uh, athletic shirt and is just like like gone crazy and he's pulling guns on everybody all the time. He shoots LeBron in the shoulder by accident. You know for a fact that sometime during a Bulls practice when the entire team and staff were in there, that Michael Jordan just shouted to Jerry Krause across the gym to remind him that he made him the villain in a kid's movie <laughs> as a fat little alien nerd. Absolutely. Just, he did that. He, and the only, right at, yeah. There was like five reasons Michael Jordan made the movie, and that's one of them. The other one's being like laundering his gambling debt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so he had something to not put Scott Burrell in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also want to just shout out the end of this movie that they make it all look fantastic, like when he's wearing the number forty five and he's come back. Uh, he's catching a fat L to the Orlando Magic in that last scene. Yeah, you get a uh, little Shaq cameo in there. Yeah, just a yeah. glimpse of glimpse of young Shaq. Um, the Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. Um, I think our greatest living basketball player probably takes the cake. But I will say the guy pitching to MJ in the minor league baseball game was actually that was a real pitcher. You could tell guy was throwing some heat. Um, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. Peter, I'm going to give you the floor because you. I mean, for me, it's Bill Murray as Bill as himself. Um, you know, shout out to Barkley. But you were you were on the Wayne Knight corner. I'm on the way night corner, but I'm actually going to go with someone else. I really think it's got to be Daffy Duck. I think Daffy Duck is so underappreciated in this. Like, he's just always, you know, kind of picking up after Bugs Bunny and always getting ragged on. But he's just doing it so fucking well. I just think Daffy Duck is kind of the perfect cartoon character. Because he's, like... He's and he's perfect in this movie too because he's Bugs' foe, but he's also like his right hand man, and they're also like bitching about not getting royalties on lunchboxes. He's just and he's like he's there to get punched in the face every time. He just he's he's a, a huge underrated part of this movie for me. I think Daffy Duck is an underrated cartoon character in general. I think early Daffy Duck in particular, when he was less petulant and more just a psychopath, is so fun. Like. Um, <laughs> It's, yeah, very fun. Can I throw uh, a supporting actor in? Um, look, every 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 movie needs a good villain, and uh, and Vladi Divac as the leader <laughs> against Magic Johnson's aides <laughs> in this movie is a great villain. Uh, they clearly are playing like some kind of metaphor for not the players not wanting to play because of there's germs and like this is happening right in the wake of Magic Johnson and his like <laughs> it's insane that they put this in in a children's movie. It is a massive covid allegory. <laughs> yeah, it looks through and through. Yeah. At 25 years later. They've got like the pest tent on top of the forum. They canceled the league. Yeah, they canceled the NBA and because they didn't want to play until the players were healthy and safe again. Like they literally take said a note, that. Adam Silver, you fucking yeah. asshole. Well, see, because the situations was different. Because you can't. I, nobody wants to see 
you know, Larry Johnson who can't dunk, but if he can dunk and has COVID, that's different. <laughs> that's, that's true. Fair. You that's can fair. still dunk with COVID is what I'm saying to you. Until COVID dunks on you. <laughs> Into the that's grave. Why Peter is my guy. There you, you go. Thank you. Thank there you. you go. Oh God. Okay. Well, my mine is Bill Murray. I think I, I've said enough. That Bill Murray. It's just he's he's on a heat. He's he's just Bill Murray's in a different movie. He's in he's in the Bill Murray show. It works perfectly. He crushes. Uh, Donald Duck. Great though. Um, the Big Chill, which in your typical sports movie, you know the moment that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. It's Roy Hobbs hitting out the hitting out the lights in the natural that sort of thing. I have two in this movie. I have two nominees. Um, there's the final shot, which is corny, but like I actually, I got the chills more. I think it was like a nostalgia thing. And then this is very much a nostalgia thing. When MJ gets introed in, in the game, like when they, you know, six foot six from North Carolina, I was like, oh shit, I remember this. This is a great time. And now, the player coach of the Toon Squad at six foot six from North Carolina is Royal Michael Jordan. Yeah. I would just also like to shout out uh, Mike and Jamel because um, I made they were both in my wedding party and uh, in the middle of my wedding I did the Bulls intros for everyone in my wedding party um, and it was uh, one of the favorite things that happened other than getting married. It was pretty fun. Did you now? Did you shout us out? to say that that sounded more like a i'm gonna shout my out my wedding i don't yeah, know why he included us the, he was shouting well, out his own out good idea the, but was yeah. trying to make it seem yeah, altruistic just that we yeah. were involved no no, no. i don't want to be your... altruistic here i had a fucking great idea they happened to be a part of it I'm, let's be very clear yeah that's i know i'm just was confused as to why i was getting a shout out this deep into the program I, I have also attended a wedding where they did the uh, Chicago Bulls intros. Oh, Sounds like a fucking genius. Peter's, uh, <laughs> Peter's brilliant original idea, huh? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Was it the first time yeah. it happened in a 18th century library in Massachusetts? I think so. <laughs> so the first... <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to stop. <laughs> okay, thank you. Please. Please pull up there. I do want to say a big chill moment, and this is so problematic, but one... I believe I can fly plays every time it is it is a <laughs> fucking great song and it is like so sad that that it's just you get chills and then you then you get shivers because you're like <laughs> like remembering what that man did. There's pee running down your face. Oh, <laughs> I don't think about that when I'm listening to I believe I can fly. I'm just thinking about Michael Jordan flying. All right. That's He's true. not concerned with who made it. That's true. My, you know, the funny thing, I actually have this on DVD. Funny enough, and that's that's what we watched it on because you actually you have to. Uh, the, the only way to stream it is to rent it on Prime. And so we put in the DVD, and as I believe I can fly was playing, my wife goes, "You know, at least this is on DVD, so he's not getting any royalties from this." Oh, I don't know. Can, exactly. can you still get royalties in prison? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they're yeah. being garnished uh, in some way. Oh. <laughs> Oh, R. Kelly's wages yeah. are for sure getting garnished. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. Um, how to improve it. How would you guys improve this one? If, if Get could... Sean Bradley out of the fucking film. Get a <laughs> real fucking shooting guard involved in this. 
So, okay, so who's the move? It's 1996. You need a two guard. Who's, Reggie, who's the move? Reggie's first. Reggie's at the top of my list. Uh, then we could go to, we could talk about Penny being an option here. He's pretty hot with the kids at this time. Uh, I know he's a point guard, but he still fits for what we need in terms of the Monstars. I know he's a, a not, I know he's not a shooting guard, but what about what about Tim Hardaway too? Hmm. Sure. Another Any nice other mustache. Guard. Just a guard. Just a guard cuz there's so many I would rather get Allen Houston. Anyone. Anyone. I'm going to okay, I'm going to bend time a little bit here. Um but the movie came out in 96. Obviously, it must have filmed 95, uh, probably late 94 and in 95. When did it – do we – I don't remember from The Last Dance exactly. But if we're fudging time here, there is one of the most exciting young rookies that enters the league in 1996, and his name is Allen Iverson. Why not throw a bone to, like, the most exciting, young, promising guy who eventually went on to win the Rookie of the Year? Because you cannot count on him to get to set to record his lines. Him and Michael Jordan, for sure, would be <laughs> a dangerous mixture anytime <laughs> they shot together. Um, but, uh, I mean, that that's the season that he crossed Jordan over. And, you know, the, the well, I mean, theoretically, the torch was passed. That's obviously. why, the torch that's got why extinguished. it didn't happen. That's true, yeah. That's why he wasn't in the movie. Yeah, that's a fair point, yeah. John Mike Starks. The Sixers, what about John Starks? Why, why are there two Hornets on this in this movie? That is because Mike knew that he was going to be buying the Charlotte franchise. Yeah, so. do you not remember the beginning when he says, I'm going to play baseball, and then I'm going to buy the Charlotte Hornets. And then <laughs> I'm going to make them fly. suck for years. Yeah. <laughs> and then his dad was like, you sure you're going to do all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I, I better stay be alive to see all that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Damn it. Better. We were having fun. Even through the R. Kelly stuff, we were having fun. <laughs> The the thing with the Monstars is it had to be guys that Mike enjoyed like beating and felt like he had he he just owned, but it couldn't be someone he legitimately hated. Like it couldn't be an Isaiah because because Michael Jordan is essentially he is he is Steve Buscemi's character from Billy Madison. He's it. He's sitting like in Gary a cabin. Payton, Gary Payton would have been a great one, Ooh. but he might have just been too charismatic. Sean Kemp maybe he might yeah. have been a great Monstar. Yeah, when did they did they play in the finals? Who was who was the '96? Well, Jordan technically, I don't know. Jordan was was Jordan in the '96 final? Wasn't it '96, '97, '98? It was the '96 finals. Yeah, yeah, damn, '95, '96. It had, they just beat him. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't. I mean, I, I'm not making any assumptions on someone's character, but I, I can think of what Sean Kemp was we doing can. during his summers, <laughs> and I, I don't think I don't think showing up to set was on Sean Kemp's agenda in in between the season. Yeah, fair point. Unless that set was a vagina. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, I would improve it also by making the actual basketball animation more fun. There's just a lot of like not that fun to watch basketball in this, especially when the Monstars, all they were doing were dunking. And look, I love a good dunk. That's on record. But 
Uh, yeah, it just would have been more fun. Where's it on record? I mean, look, I, I have a podcast about basketball you can listen to. It's called the Airbuds. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it just I think that's what one thing that will improve in the new sequel is uh, probably better basketball animation in general. So let's talk about that. Let's let's wrap this up with before more restore uh, prequel sequel and remake. We know we're getting a sequel this summer. Space Jam and New Legacy. LeBron Don Cheadle, it's directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who directed Undercover Brother, which is a movie that hey. I love. Mm-hmm. I first thought too. I love Undercover Brother. Um, you know what's okay? So what is what's everyone's expectation? The, the thing I'll say is is Malcolm D. Lee. Like I think Undercover Brother is great. I'm gonna ride that momentum twenty years later. LeBron was also the best part of Trainwreck for me. And I like I love Bill Hader, but I thought LeBron was excellent in Trainwreck. So if he has the 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 difference is in Trainwreck, he was funny because he had like it, it was making fun of himself. Like the LeBron James being cheap is a really funny bit. Is LeBron gonna allow himself to be greatly humbled in this movie for comedic effect? Because that was one thing Michael Jordan was not doing. Like he would strike out on the baseball diamond, but Michael Jordan was no one's bitch in this movie. No, I think we're about to get all of that, bro. I think we're going to get some heartfelt moments. LeBron has alluded to the storyline being about, you know, um, trying to get his son into basketball. Even though we know Bronny is basically trying to get laid off his dad's existence already. Like, it's good for him. We already, we already know how it ends, but... If this movie features a scene of LeBron coming home from the bubble to confront Bronny about that, <laughs> that IG story with the joint, how much money would you pay? I would pay $300 to see that. That's 300 There it is. Yeah. Uh, and the Looney Tunes are, like, getting high with Bronny. Yeah. And LeBron has to come in there and stop him from hanging out with Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> He comes in and smells, and he's like, I think I, I, I smell weed. And then he opens the door, and he's just in there with Pepe Le Pew. Because <laughs> skunk. Uh, I think the movie at one point was about LeBron James teaching Pepe Le Pew about consent, but we're, we're not getting that movie anymore, um, sadly. I, I want to just shout that's out That's what I paid $300 for, the footage I was of that. To say, I just want to shout out whatever clearly woman works at warner brothers who stopped that from happening <laughs> yeah um good job it's it just it just, it just treats such a serious issue such <laughs> such a lack of regard <laughs> just <laughs> anyways uh i i think lebron he's he's proven like he he's done commercials with puppets he's He's like he's a claymation guy in sprite commercials. He's been an idiot in train rack, a cheap idiot in train rack. Like he's he's been a muppet. Remember those Kobe commercials? Yeah. He he's he's like he's he's been goofy. Like Michael like never That's not everything his voice, was always like but I'll count. either very serious or like I'm the good guy in the McDonald's commercials. Um it, LeBron has always been kind of more playful and I think that'll probably translate a little more to a better performance. It'll also probably be fun because LeBron's better than Michael, so we'll get some <laughs> better basketball. That'll that'll help. I don't want to get into that debate right now. But yeah, I think the movie overall is going to be bad. in the mentions, guys. No, 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 no. I'm going to let Peter Moses, Mr. Basketball himself, just lead us, lead us into hell. So the the last question, does LeBron make an MJ joke or does MJ appear in the movie? 
100% Michael Jordan appears in this movie. 500%. There's no way he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. In the same spaceship. Yeah. He shows up in the same spaceship to save Bron halftime of the game. So part B to that question. Does he demand as much money as LeBron for that appearance? I think the I, I'm gonna actually I'm I'm gonna audible and go, does Bill Murray show up in this movie? Ooh. I think he does. Bill Murray will show up in anything if he's like if he's around and you, you just gotta call his one eight hundred number, right? Yeah. I mean, my favorite thing about Bill Murray is that like he doesn't have a cell phone. I don't even think he has an agent. He just does stuff with people he likes, like you know, like Wes Anderson reaches out to him by carrier pigeon or however he operates, and was like, "I have this part." And Bill Murray's like, "Okay, I'm there. I'll show up. Just tell me when." And he just shows up and is Bill Murray. So I think if if there's something like that, and Bill Murray greatly loves sports, I think he'll be all in on on this. Like he just yeah, he just does stuff with a few different directors, like like Sofia Coppola, like he did that on the Rocks movie this year. So yeah, I, I think he'll. I think he'll show up in this one, um, but guys, you showed up big time in this one. This was uh, this was a, a real pleasure. It is always a treat talking to you guys. Uh, start well around the horn, Peter. Where can the folks follow you and and find Airbuds and and all that? Promote the shit out of everything. Um, at Airbuds Pod, at Danger Moses, um, and then check out Blue Wire Originals. We've got Spinsters that just dropped with Haley O'Shaughnessy. And a bunch of other exciting shit coming out this year. Jamel, anything to promote? Uh, I'm here as an agent of Blue Wire Podcast Chaos uh, at Airbuds Pod on everything. Uh, JamelJohnson.com as well. Spelled like it sounds. Mike? Yeah, just uh, check us out. Airbuds, just three three pals being dumb about basketball. Uh, you know what? I'm going to double down on uh, Peter's rec- recommendation of spinsters. Uh, Halo Shaughnessy and Jordan Liggins are both terrific. I, I love the show so far. And uh, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll plug one other friend, Dunktown. Go listen to Dunktown. It's a great show about uh, in, just enjoying basketball. Best theme song in the game. Best theme song in yeah, any if podcast. You wanna, if you want to listen to a show that's better than our show, <laughs> Dunktown. Everyone go listen to Dunktown. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Tucker Carlson. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate, leave a review. You folks know the drill. Also, for any baseball fans, check out my biweekly interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That is presented to you by Baseball America. That comes at you every other Tuesday. Uh, next Tuesday, great episode with uh, former Red Padre A. Yonder Alonzo. It's a great one. Tune into that. Um, again, yeah, check out the entire Blue Wire Pods network. Big Screen Sports comes at you every Monday. So until then, thanks for listening. Go fuck a bunny, you Fox News freaks. <laughs> Jesus wants me to fuck the bunny. <laughs>
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.